As we begin today, let me share with you a few things dads never say. I don't care how late you stay out. Stay out as late as you want. You want to borrow the new car? You want to borrow my credit card? Kids today, they really have it rough. Yep, we're lost. We are completely lost. Why haven't you gotten a tattoo yet? How come you don't have any piercings yet? Look, whatever the mechanic is asking, just pay him. Ooh, sports. I like that boy. You should date him. You should date him immediately. Well, what about the creepy guy with the motorcycle? He's cute. Yeah, sure. Spring break in Tahiti sounds fun. Hey, make sure you get all your video games done before you start your homework. What? You have a project due tomorrow, and you've known about it for four weeks, and you haven't started yet? Sweet! Remember, if you need anything between midnight and 4 a.m., please come wake me up. Hey, I'm on the phone. Could you bring the baby over and let him climb all over me? Hey! Hey! Can you please turn that music up? You're 16. You pretty much know everything now. I think 18's a great age to get married. Whoa! Money really does grow on trees. Life is always fair. I really enjoy repeating myself over and over again. I just love when the kids talk back to me. I don't care if you get a job this summer. I don't care if you get detention. Uh, uh, I can't open this jar. See if mom can open it. No means maybe. Hey, why don't you bring that ball inside and play with it? Hey, don't put that back where you found it. Just leave it on the floor. Ew, bacon. If you put a dent in the car, it's really no big deal. It's 10 a.m. Go back to bed. Stop signs are just a suggestion. You don't need a chaperone. You don't need a seatbelt. You don't need a savings account. You should buy the jeans with the holes in them. You don't need to finish your dinner. Hey, look at your phone when I'm talking to you. I wish I had a smaller TV. We got you that phone for a reason. Texting boys. All right, everyone, listen up. Mom and I are going out of town this weekend, so please, mess up the whole house while we're gone. Please throw a few parties while we're gone. Please forget about the dog entirely while we're gone. Hey, when you're finished pouring that, can you just leave it out on the counter all day? Thanks. What are you doing? I'm going to bungee jump out of this tree. That's a really good idea. Yes, those are things Dad never say. Here, on the other hand, are things that kids always say. In spite of the fact that dads don't always say the kinds of things that their kids would like to hear, kids still really like their dads for lots of reasons. The reason dads don't say things like bungee jumping out of that tree with your own homemade device is really a good idea is because dads want their kids to survive another year. And have another birthday, grow a little in life's lessons of reality, and then repeat the process all over again. And that certainly was the case for the father in scripture we're going to look at today, whose son wanted to take this giant bungee leap into life apart from his father. Surprisingly, the dad said, well, okay. 
And we see this in Luke's 15th chapter, verses 11 through 32. And starting with verse 11, we read, a man had two sons. And so whether you're a son or a daughter, this story is talking about you and me. It's talking about your father, both your earthly father and your heavenly father. Because all of us have earthly father and a heavenly father. Continuing in verse 12, this man who had two sons, when the younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now instead of waiting until you die. His father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. Two things here. One is very surprising and the other one is not so surprising. The not-so-surprising thing here is this child's impatience and impulsiveness. Because think about it, as kids, our patience was always in short supply. And our impatience was always there, ready to bust out. Along with our sense of settledness, which was often, again, in pretty short supply, along with our unsettledness and our impulsiveness, always there, ready to bust out as well. And that is why fathers so often say, oh no, to their kids' impatience and impulsiveness in life. And so whether we are just little kids or whether we're grown-up kids, think back to all the entanglements our impatient impulsiveness got us into. I'll confess, for me, back in high school, I used the old, I'm going to the library excuse to use the family car one too many times. Happened one afternoon after school, hearing about epic surf conditions at the beach, impulsively then driving to Cocoa Beach for perfect four to six foot waves. But in order to pull that off, I first had to sneak my surfboard and racks out of the garage. And then second, I picked up my three friends with their 10 foot boards, only to have the racks stolen off the car while we were in the water surfing at the Cocoa Beach Pier. And that left us with four 10-foot long boards and no way to quickly sneak home again. Because remember, I was supposed to be at the library. Let me say, impulsiveness and immaturity are not a pretty combination. And thus, it wasn't a pretty homecoming for me that day. Likewise, the not-so-surprising thing about this story in Scripture begins with the impatient impulsiveness of the son saying to his father, you know, I want my share of your estate now instead of waiting till you die. And then on the other hand, the surprising thing in the Scripture is the father not saying, oh, no, but instead saying, okay, Because his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. Now, the reason the father did that points us to the link between our earthly fathers and our heavenly father, God. Most earthly dads, if you think about it, when asked by a child to divide up your wealth and give me my part now so I don't have to wait till you die, most dads would be highly insulted. They would be angry and they'd be hurt by that. But not this father. Why is that? Because he points us to the very heart of this story in the qualities of God. You see, God knows all about your impatience and my impatience. God knows all about your impulsiveness and my impulsiveness. And just because you don't buy that candy bar or that gum or those batteries or some magazine every time you're in the checkout line at the grocery store doesn't mean you've got impulsiveness conquered. 
Thus, all of us, we remain impatient and impulsive in some areas of our lives. But God says, okay, if you really want to give that a try, you can. Just as the dad does here in the story. Continuing in verse 13. A few days later, his younger son packed up all his belongings, took a trip to a distant land, and there wasted all his money on parties and prostitutes. Not a pretty picture. Other versions of this say he wasted his money on wild living, undisciplined, riotous, loose, reckless, foolish living. And the same thing is true of us in our own way, living undisciplined and foolishly at times. Thus, at certain times in life, dads, especially while your kids are still in the nest with you, you are to say, oh, no, to protect them. While at other times, while kids are still young, and especially as they are grown, dad, you're to change your tune from, oh, no, to, okay, go. And why is that? Because dads want us to learn life lessons. Dads want us to learn lessons in life, and we will never, ever learn them if we don't sometimes venture out on our own into the deeper waters of life to see what things are really like out there before we can gain the wisdom of swimming back or before we can gain the wisdom of crying out for help to get us back. And that's job one for dads, letting kids go but also letting them learn the life lessons and then getting them back. Letting them swim out their ways on their own, but also making sure they get back safely to the shore. That's what the dad did here. He gave his son his inheritance early, long before he died. And some have questioned this, saying, why did you give in to your younger son? That certainly wasn't very good parenting. But hey, we don't know all the circumstances. Perhaps the adult son had stopped growing inside while in his father's home. And perhaps he wasn't learning any life lessons there anymore. Perhaps he was even regressing somehow in his maturity there. Perhaps his son was well beyond his 20s, which we kind of assume he is here. You can't say letting the son have his own way was bad parenting when you don't know all the circumstances. But continuing, we read about the deep and turbulent place the son found himself treading water in, in verse 14. About that time, his money was gone. A great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. You see, that's the problem with impatience and impulsiveness. It blinds us to what can happen. And often, improbable things can pile up on us. Like in this case, his money that he wasted ran out at the very same time that this great famine swept through the land. And you've heard me mention a friend of mine that's in a residential assistance ministry. Well, some of the residents living in housing that he provides have cars. And they actually go to work and they have jobs. One guy there, living in the shelter, drives a Mercedes. An older one, but one he bought new. When he received a sizable inheritance, but an addiction to drugs, which he's now licked, has left him broke and without a home of his own. Driving a Mercedes, living in a shelter. None of us, none of us are immune to circumstances which could be lying before us when we charge out without loving guidance of life lessons, especially the ones we really need to learn. 
And that's what our fathers are to lovingly do. They're to guide us in life and guide us in the lessons of life we're to learn. And that's what God, our heavenly Father, wants to lovingly do. Guide us into the life lessons that He wants us to learn. The lesson for me would be one of like, don't take the car to the beach when you say you're going to be at the library. And also secondarily, and several steps below that in importance, is getting locking surfboard racks for your car, which I've had for decades now. And so you see, because the son who wasted all his inheritance is now broken hungry, in verse 15 it tells us that he persuaded a local farmer to hire him to feed his pigs. And that's because his plan A failed. His plan A, to be rich, famous, and party. And so it was time for plan B to kick in. That's to get a job and to support himself. But in life, one of the life lessons that we learn sometimes is both plan A and plan B don't always work out like we think. Because continuing the story in verse 16, we see that he became so hungry, even after he got a job, he became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the swine looked good to him, and no one gave him anything. Sometimes... When plan A and plan B don't work, it's time to reach really deeply into an unforeseen and unimagined plan C. And here's what it looked like for his son. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired men have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired man. You see, this is the son's version of what we saw earlier in the video with all the children saying dad or daddy. And some in the video were very young, some were not so young. But that word dad, it meant so much to those in that video that had it on their lips. Just as that word father Heavenly Father God means so much to us when we turn our hearts to Him and allow Him to lovingly guide us through whatever plan A, plan B, or plan C that we've wandered into. And we see that in verse 20. So the son returned home to his father. While he was still a long distance away, his father saw him coming and was filled with loving pity and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And that's just the way God is. No matter what you've done... God is always there to greet us as we go with full hearts and as we go with empty hands to meet him. And in verse 21, we see his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to the slaves, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house, put it on him, and a jeweled ring for his finger and shoes. Kill the calf we have in the fattening pen. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead. He's returned to life. He was lost and is found. And so the party began. Yes, when we go to our Father God with full hearts and empty hands, free of agendas, he not only lovingly greets us, he restores us and puts pieces back into place and creates new pieces in the places and the pieces that have left us. And dads, that's what you're to do with your kids lovingly to guide them through the minefields of life before them and help them heal when things do blow up and when life bruises them. 
Meanwhile, dads, as joyous as those times of life lessons learned and the healing and growth which results are, we also have other things that we have to deal with, like what we see in verse 25. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard dance music coming from the house. Okay, picture this. You go to work in the morning, and you work really hard, and you come home tired. You pull into the driveway, just getting back home, and you hear a live band playing dance music in the backyard. Their cars parked all over the place. People are coming and going in the gate in your side yard. And you think to yourself, what's going on? Why wasn't I let in on the fact that we're having this huge party here tonight? What could be the occasion? Nervously, you you pick up your phone and you check your calendar and see that it wasn't anyone's birthday or anniversary. And so now you're a little confused. You're a little irritated. You're the only remaining son of the head of the household of this place. And there's a full-fledged party going on for which you know nothing about. And so, as the scripture says in verse 26, the son asked one of the servants what was going on. And here, in essence, what you find out if you were there in that place, your brother's back, he was told, and your father has killed the calf we were fattening and has prepared a great feast to celebrate his coming home again unharmed. So, what's your reaction? Verse 28, Meanwhile, the older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. And you see, that's another thing us dads have to deal with. Sibling rivalry and jealousy. Dads, you'll find yourselves at time with one kid you're just rejoicing with. At the very same time, you may have one child you're struggling with. And you have to keep level-headed and focus somewhere in the midst of all that. Continuing, we read, His father... After the older son was angry and wouldn't go in, his father came out and begged him. But he replied, all these years I've worked hard for you. Never once have I refused to do a single thing you told me to. In all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet this son of yours comes back after spending your money on prostitutes. And you celebrate by killing the finest calf we have in the place. Of course, the kid had a point if we were keeping score or the dad was keeping score. But that's not the way dads work. They don't keep score. Or all of us would constantly be digging ourselves out of the holes that we put ourselves in. Rather, fathers, the really good ones, reflect God's grace towards their kids and encourage their kids to reflect that grace towards others. And that's what we see in the 31st and 32nd verse. Look, son, his father said to him, you and I are very close. Everything I have is yours, but it is right to celebrate for he is your brother and he was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and is found. And you see, every time God looks at you, he feels the very same way. You are a dear son and daughter to him. He desires to be very close to you. He wants you to have everything, everything that he has for you. The fruit of his spirit. He wants for you to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, 
and self-control. He wants all those things to be yours. And God celebrates when you receive his dear feelings for you. And God celebrates when you desire to be very close back with him. And God celebrates when you embrace his spirit in your heart and in your life. And the spiritual fruit of his love, his joy, and his peace, his patience, comes all the fruit of the spirit when they are born in you. Let me say, if God was into celebration dancing, his enthusiasm might be kind of like this old guy on the screen. But if God were actually into celebration dancing, you know his moves would be much better than that. But the very same thing is true with us kids, young or old. We love the same thing about our earthly dads. Because our dads celebrate too when we desire to be very close to them. Our dads celebrate too when we embrace the spirit of them in our hearts and our lives. And if our dads too were into celebration dancing, their enthusiasm might be kind of like this guy on the screen. Uh, granted, you know, most of us dads really don't have much in the way of dance moves, but they probably still would be a little bit better than that, guys. And what's all this stuff mean? What's it all mean? Well, God decided to point us dads to the life that God created for us to live. And God gave us dads to point us to God himself, that we might understand and know God more intimately and so much more closely. And dads do that not only through talking with us about God and taking their families to church, which is so important for dads to do. Dads also do that by pointing us to God in the living of our lives together and in the shared learning that we get along the way. For instance, my dad took me on trips to exciting places like the World's Fair, the Grand Canyon, Disneyland. My dad stimulated my desire to travel through his beautiful slides of places like Paris. My dad taught me how to water ski, taught me how to fish, taught me how to ride a bike, brought my brother and me our first surfboard. My dad taught me how to drive a boat and how to drive a car. My dad built a backyard tree house and built basketball backboards and hoops. My dad bought and fixed up a real pinball machine for my brother and me. My dad helped us make our skateboards. My dad taught me how to use a lawnmower and how to use power tools. My dad bought and gave my brother and I numerous cars. And my dad spent countless hours fixing up and repairing those cars. My dad took our family to church every Sunday. He was an elder in our church. My dad fixed and repaired everything in his church for decades. My dad made me want to be like him. And made me who I am. My dad had a kind and a compassionate heart. And he helped him plant a kind and a compassionate heart in me. My dad showed me how much he loved his wife and his family. And my dad showed me that I could be blessed to have a wife and family that I can love deeply too. My dad taught me right and wrong. Taught me to love God. And for all those things that I didn't mention, I thank God who showed me his love 
in that way. You see, Father's Day is about those things in all of us. And the ultimate Father God, who showed us His love in such a wide range and wide diversity of ways. So whether the list of good things that you received from your dad was long or it was short, let us praise our Father God for the gift of life and the great gift of His love. And I encourage you today to fully, fully receive that. Happy Father's Day, God. And happy Father's Day to all our dads. Will you pray with me? Great God, Father God, thank you for the gift of life and for all the diversity of ways that you want us to live it. Thank you for the gifts of love and joy and peace and patience, all the fruit of your spirit. Thank you for family for us dads being able to have children and have wives. And we just ask, Father, that you would, on this day, broaden our understanding, our conception of what an awesome, awesome thing that is, fatherhood. And so to you, dear God, we say happy Father's Day. And to our dads, we say the same. Thank you, dear Father God, for your love. And in Jesus' name, we all pray. Amen.